Season 3, Episode 1, Forgive Yourself. So, when I got diagnosed, and things were, how many times have I started off one of my podcasts with that? When I got diagnosed, because it really is, I mean, when you're dealing with something like this, it kind of envelops your world and envelops your thoughts, and it, it completely changes who you are. It did. I am completely changed. My core to who I am is the same, but my thoughts are different. My beliefs are stronger and it just changes you. Like when you go through anything big, like mine's a diagnosis, you know, you might've been in a car accident. Um, you, you know, there could have been other things that have happened. You might've lost someone in very close to you. And when you go through something like that, I mean, everything changes. And your life will never go back to the way it was. I'm not. I mean, mine, I look, I act, com- I don't say I act, but I feel my thought process is completely different than it was prior to brain cancer. <laughs> yes, my brain is fine, I promise, even though I couldn't remember what, <laughs> I couldn't get the word out, brain cancer. But no, it's the same. And one of you know, one of the things is like when I got diagnosed, my first thought processes were my kids and my husband and what this was going to affect them. And then you start going through, you start going through and reinspecting your life. Have I lived my life in the best way I could have? That's a tough thing to do when you've got what my doctors perceived as a death sentence, which not to be morbid, but as I've said before, we all have a death sentence, hundred percent chance we're all out of here. None of us get off this earth alive. None of us do with our bodies intact. One did. His name is Jesus Christ. <laughs> so we, uh, none of us do. So I start doing that full on self-inspection just because knowing that my time on earth was going to be shorter than I was hoping, according to the doctors. And I start looking at my life going, man, I really made some terrible choices. I did some terrible things. And I think the statement is so true that we can be our own worst critic. I know I am. Like, I tear apart the stuff that I do. I'm like, God, I wish I'd have done it that way. Or, oh, that looks terrible. Or really. And then people are like, going, what are you looking at? It's fine. It looks great. And I'm going, no, I hate it. But in the same way, I feel that way about my actions. I can't believe I made that choice. I can't believe I said that thing. I said that sentence. And I don't know about you guys, but I'm very good at being self-deprecating. Um, I tend to go through everything with a fine-tooth comb. I pick it apart. Well, if I only would have done this, I can't believe I said that. I set really high standards. 
And sometimes, and maybe you do too, maybe that's something you struggle with. And I look at, and, you know, especially when I was, you know, in my teens, in my early twenties and trying to find my way and the mistakes that I made in that process. And in that self-reflection, I, I don't always love what I saw and what I did. And like, now that I'm in my forties, thinking how old 40 would be when I was in my 20s and I'm cracking up going, no, I'm still young. 40s is still very young. But I thank goodness, I thank God that there was no social media during those years. Like I think I look at my children going, oh my gosh, you have it so much harder. The conversations I had to have with them about, look, you be very careful about every word you put in writing on a text. You be very careful about anything that goes on social media, any picture, any statement, anything you even like, anything that they even track you looking at. I mean, it can ruin your life, at least in an earthly form. I mean, I think the, I was sitting there, you know, preparing for this talk and looked at, again, re-examined the sins I've committed. And I have lied. I've held grudges against people. I've been judgmental. I've been unkind. I mean, and that's just, that's the short list. All those could break down into more. And You know, the thing is, is I was no angel when I was younger. I'm still no angel now by any means. But now I have a better perspective of life than I had in my 20s. You know, there there wasn't a lot of strength in the person I was because I was trying to figure out who I am. I'm still trying to figure out who I am, but I'm a little bit closer now than I used to be in my 20s and my teens. But I was no angel, but really none of us are. We could all sit down and write our list. And that's not what this is about. This isn't about beating yourself up for mistakes that have been made. It's to remember that that isn't the expectation. The expectation is not perfection. If the expectation was perfection then none of us would make it there. None of us would make it to heaven. And Jesus would never have come here because there wouldn't have been a need because we'd all be perfect. But Jesus knew we were going to make mistakes. He knew we were going to make bad choices. God knew this was going to happen, so he sent Jesus He came to earth as Jesus so he could understand what it was like to be human. And the temptations and the struggle. I mean, think about that. The agony in the garden. He, Christ was being tormented. How many times have you felt tormented? Think about it. Think about when you're 
belief is the unpopular one and you feel like you're being bombarded by Satan and his minions with, oh, just do this. Oh, just do that. Oh, it's fine. It's fine. It's okay to do that. Look how better, how much better you feel by doing this, which you know is wrong. When you re-examine Christ's life, it's very clear that he had a tough life, but he chose the path of perfection. He is the path of perfection. We have an example. He was a living, breathing example and still is through the Holy Spirit for us on how we should live our lives and strive to live our lives. And I mean, go back, look at the apostles. They were no angels either. They made mistakes. All the time. (laughs) They made mistakes all the time, but they knew they made the mistakes and they asked for forgiveness. And that's the key in all this. Is as you look at yourself and you be like, gosh, why did I do that? That was such a terrible choice. The beautiful thing is Christ died and it gives us the opportunity to ask for forgiveness and you are forgiven. You are forgiven when you ask for forgiveness sincerely, not like how sometimes my kids say, sorry. I say, hey, please don't do that. Sorry. You know, that, that oh, so genuine um, apology, which we've discussed that. And if their apology comes with an attitude, it's not a sincere apology. So I do not accept that. And it's okay to tell your kids, by the way, if they're apologizing to you like, or anybody, by the way, that is apologizing, apologizing to you by saying, sorry. And it's insincere. You can say, you know what? I don't accept that. I don't accept your apology. And then if they turn around, it's just like, I don't feel like you really mean it. And that's okay to say that. But when you sincerely ask for forgiveness, you are laying your sins at the foot of the cross. Lord, I really am sorry for whatever the action is, and I give it to you. And you know through scripture that there is a party in heaven when you do that, right? In scripture, there is a party in heaven anytime someone leaves their sins at the foot of the cross and gives it to Christ saying, I am sorry. These are yours. Now, it's not just I'm sorry, then you go back out and do the same thing again. No, you go back out. Yes, you work on it. You go back out and you make a conscious effort not to repeat that sin and not to allow that to be the habit in your life. Now, as easy as I talk about, no, I shouldn't say easy, but as I sit here talking about how we need to forgive ourselves, um, we need to forgive others as Christ forgives us. That's the kicker. It's hard when you're very hurt by somebody. It's very hard to forgive them. But Christ says, I want you to forgive other people the way I forgive you. I mean, it's very, it makes life so much less difficult knowing that when you grew up, 
there's a way to resolve it. Now, I'm not saying there's a way to resolve it without consequences. When you mess up, there will be consequences most of the time. But that's part of it. But it's hard to forgive people when they've done something that you believe has wronged you. It's difficult. It hurts your heart. And it's like, how could I ever forgive you for that? Do you know how bad that hurt me? But that's what we're called to do because more times than not, when someone is sitting against you, there is a deeper reason for that happening. There's reason that whatever action was done to you or you perceive is done to you, I don't believe people are inherently bad. I believe we make bad choices. But God made all of us. God made us. Satan did not make us. God made us. And sometimes Satan works really hard to weave his way into our thoughts and our decisions. And he wraps it in such a way that it looks like, oh, yeah, of course, this is the way you should go. Of course, because doesn't this make you feel good? But remember, we're all inherently God's children. And whether we choose to remain and follow his guidance is up to us. It isn't up to anybody else. God's going to love us regardless. He's like, I'm giving you this opportunity to come join me. And part of that is forgiving others. And I came across um, two scriptures. One of them is Ephesians 4.32. And it says, be kind and compassionate to one another, forgiving each other as Christ forgave you. It's that pay it forward kind of thing. And it's not easy. It is hard. Sometimes it is really hard. And he doesn't just forgive us once. He forgives us over and over and over again. But I'm not saying like if someone wrongs you that you have to like be their best friend. Like, okay, that's okay. That's fine. Let's be best friends. No, I'm just saying you need to forgive them and not hold a grudge. Saying, yeah, I appreciate your apology and we're good. And that's fine. You don't have to have them fully intertwined in your life. And you can't expect that if you do that to someone. Maybe you're the one that's the, the word I'm looking for right now. I'm saying accomplice, but that's not it. Maybe you're the one that's at fault. And you've given a sincere apology. It's not up to you what happens after that. It's up to the person that you may have wronged, but it is up to you to give a sincere apology and make it right. There might be consequences that go with that, but that's part of life. Another one that I came across was Matthew six fourteen, And it says, for if you forgive others, people, oh, if you forgive other people when they sin against you, your heavenly father will also forgive you. That is a big one. Remember that for if you forgive others, I made the same mistake twice. If you forgive other people when they sin against you, your heavenly father will also forgive you. 
He forgives us when we forgive others. That's living a Christ-like life. Christ gave us a pretty high bar. He did. He showed us how to, how it's done. Think about that. Like think about um, a coach. Have you ever seen coaches? And I, I go, um, I, I just, you guys know I'm big into sports. And have you ever seen a coach demonstrate something, be an example of how he wants his team or his athlete to do something. And coaches are older now. Some coaches are young and they're at their prime of their um, athletic abilities. Some of them are older. So when you're older and you're coaching, you're demonstrating something, you're not doing it as well as you probably did in your prime. But so you're demonstrating it and then you watch your athlete that you're or whoever you're coaching te- learn what you're teaching and then it's such a joy as a coach to watch them learn it and be able to do it even better than you like i think about um i think about my boys and i think about when they were learning to play baseball and because i have years and years of tennis training i can hit a baseball now i can't hit it far but i can hit it consistently i know how to adjust to a ball so I remember now it's fun because now my boys are older and I have one that's still playing baseball, but the other one, even when he was 12 and playing baseball, they could for sure hit a baseball much better and much more accurately than I can. Now, not that I taught him baseball, but I, in the beginning, my husband and I were with baseball and then I bowed out because my husband's been a base, was a baseball coach for years and years. And it was very, you know, that's his thing with the boys, but watching them surpass what you taught them is amazing. And think about Jesus like that. Jesus taught us how to forgive. He taught us over and over how to forgive. Think about all the people he uses throughout the Bible. He's his tax collector. Think of Zacchaeus. Here's this guy tax collecting unfairly to people and completely changes his life because Jesus forgave him and said, but look, I got, I got a better job for you. Come with me. Think about that. Jesus does not pick the saints. Jesus picked the sinners and said, I'm going to show you the way. He forgave all of them. So Jesus is like our coach who has taught us how to forgive. Because look at all the people he chose to forgive while he was here. He gave us the example of how to live. And how joyous do you, now do you understand? And to me, how joyous it is. This is why there's a celebration in heaven when we forgive others, when we forgive ourselves. Because that's what we've been taught. And it's almost like a well done. I showed you this and you did it. And it's not an easy thing to do. It's not an easy thing to do. So just as you walk, continue to walk through your life, or even just today, if you have an opportunity to, for, to forgive someone, Take it. Take that opportunity. If they, even if they didn't ask it, maybe you know why they sinned. Maybe you know why whatever happened happened. Forgive them, even if they don't ask for it. And I'd ask that you do the same for yourself. Don't beat yourself up. Forgive yourself. Lay your sins at his feet 
and do your very best to better yourselves because you've been forgiven. Thank you for listening. I'm Sarah Vioso, and I will see you at the next episode of Surviving Fear. Mm-hmm.